You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Batchelor, and this week I'm joined by... Matt Handrahan. Brendan Sinclair. And Chris Dring. We're recording on Friday, October the 16th. We're going to talk about the biggest stories of the past week, starting with the deal between GameStop and Microsoft. Uh, Now, this was interesting. Microsoft is going to share digital revenue for every Xbox that GameStop sells. So for every Xbox Series X or S, I have to stumble over those console names yet again, whether it's a pre-owned or a new unit, GameStop reports the sale to Microsoft and Microsoft will give them a share of every digital transaction that goes through the Xbox store on that console. So if the if the user buys, you know, downloads a full game or downloads some DLC, I'm not entirely sure about like uh, transactions like um, V-Bucks, virtual currency and stuff like that, but certainly full games and digital download and, you know, and DLC, a share of that uh, revenue will go to GameStop for selling the, the machine in the first place. Even if the user buys a game, a physical boxed game from another store, a non-GameStop store, if the console they're using on and the console they're buying digital content for is was sold at GameStop, GameStop will get a share of that money. Now, this kind of emerged over the last week or so. It's been rumoured for um, a couple of weeks. I think Brad Sams, the um, Xbox Insider, the guy who kind of leaks quite a few things, he he apparently did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago. It is actually buried in... There was a, there was a press release about uh, earlier this month like you know, GameStop and Microsoft design multi-year strategic partnership about cloud solutions, and we're going to use Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams to coordinate our stores. And there's one line in there that says we're also preparing to uh, digitally something along the lines of digitally reward um, GameStop for or GameStop will benefit from every Xbox user it brings into the ecosystem. Um, it was. It was officially confirmed by an investment advisement firm called Domo Capital Management this week. Um, I have reached out to GameStop. I haven't heard back at the time, um, so I haven't heard any more details. But I find this deal absolutely fascinating. It is it is obviously an attempt to kind of keep games retail alive, given GameStop's troubles over the last few years. But yeah, thoughts, gentlemen. Are we going to pretend that anyone other than Chris is supposed to go first? On? Absolutely not. That's why we got Chris on. <laughs> I was going to let someone else go. Um, uh, well, I, it needs something needed to happen. Um, the um, particularly for uh, we're at that weird point now where digital is the dominant um, form, even for AAA games and um, uh, in every regard. But retail is still a massive, multi-billion-dollar industry. Um, there's no growth in it though, and um if you want your, your xbox and you're trying to uh, you know your xbox you've got consoles to sell you've got hardware to sell you've got accessories to sell you've got all the sorts of things that you want to sell you've also got a still got a big boxed physical games industry and it's not just xbox ea ubisoft nintendo playstation all in the same boat you sort of need your retailers um retailers don't make any money from consoles uh you know the, the reason why they go so big at launch for consoles is because they sell the machine and then they sell an extra controller and they sell a copy of call of duty or Watch Dogs or whatever and that's where they make their profit if suddenly you're selling a digital only console you make a bit of profit on a second controller sure but that's it um you weren't making any money on the console it's not a business model that works and if you uh, for those in, so those publishers and uh, platform holders that still heavily need retail for a massive chunk of their revenue, there needs to be something that enables uh, 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 retailers to basically endure and survive um, during what will be, you know, this transition has been going on for years, but it's going to keep going. So um, yeah, I think it's actually one of the better 
smarter business moves that Xbox Xbox done lots of really cool things lately but I think this is a really important thing um it's you know I compare that to when I spoke to PlayStation in September and I asked them about you know discless PlayStation 5 and what this means to retail and their response and I've heard this so many times is oh you can sell or retailers are making making millions from selling digital cards and you know, points cards, PSN cards, those sort of things, and wallet cards. And those things these are big business. Like in the Europe in September, something like one and a half million PlayStation Networks, Roblox cards and stuff, and Xbox Live cards were sold. But the margins on those are also terrible. It's not like, you know, they get like 25% margin on some physical games. And here we are getting, you know, getting pennies on the pound in 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 the um in the in the in the wallet market so you know that's not a that's not a good answer um to the to the problem and if you need retailers then you need to make sure that you've got a business model that at least allows them to participate in the full marketplace and i think what xbox is doing is is was essential really and i think it's cool uh i don't i don't know if this is uh all that significant in in the long term uh, because it, it I don't think it changes the the you know fundamental dynamics of the shift or the viability of of an operation like GameStop in the first place. Uh, looking at it from from GameStop's perspective, if this was significant enough to to really move the needle on them staying around then suddenly they're looking at their business as selling hardware and kind of living off the the returns on that. And if that's what you're doing, then you only really need to be there, you know, like every every five years or whatever, right? To to sell a new system to someone. And the the retail footprint that GameStop has paying rents in you know, thousands of mini mall and shopping mall locations every month. Um, like they're already desperately trying to reduce their footprint. Like they've realized that their their current business model does not does not work for for you know having having all these rents and and separate stores in so many places. This I I, I can see how this is almost like a an act of of charity. And it's it's something Microsoft is is doing because they see it's in their interest to keep the retail around a bit longer um, in its in its current form because they're not ready to switch to to some sort of uh, you know completely direct order through the internet or or whatever model. But I I don't I mean it, it, a lot of the significance of this depends on how much of a cut they're really getting. Right. Yeah, I think that my question is like, and you, and you never find this stuff out because no one ever wants to, no one ever wants to go on record and say it. But what what exactly is the cut and how significant is it? Um, I mean, obviously, we're in a situation where, you know, the GameStop's choice is between zero and whatever the hell Microsoft fancies giving it. You know, so there's not like GameStop doesn't have. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Chris, you have some. Um, perspective on this but i would have thought that the position retail is in that they're not not in too great a position to be able to start playing hardball like okay we won't stock your console unless you give us percentage cut of revenue like it it does feel like a kind of a scrap thrown from the table um in that sense sort of i mean if retail retail could have very easily have just said to microsoft yeah we'll sell your xbox series x but we're not selling your s 
And they could, and you know, there's just all the stuff about PlayStation Five and the fact there wasn't as many discless versions released, and uh, there were, and you know, uh, instantly the internet jumped to the assumption that PlayStation was trying to force people to buy the more expensive model. I actually don't think that was the case at all. I just think that PlayStation was going to struggle to sell in discless PlayStation Fives into shops, um, and. Um, so you, there is an element of you know there's an element of that. This is the retail market. It was, a few, it was only ten, eight years ago that HMV in the UK refused to stock any PC games that came with a Steam code because they didn't want to give customers away to Steam. And so it's um, it's it's these the, the you know it's important you know retailers do need to protect their business and selling digital only machines doesn't support them in any way. And but then uh, but then that is it. It's a telling example though, of course, because you know if you go into any retailer now you don't see very many pc games on the shelf so no, it was no. a little bit like trying to hold back the tide it, it didn't really make a difference did it no no and, and the thing is though the, what's what's the, the problem we've got is is the problem everyone's the 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 big challenge with um this is an interesting thing right this week we've just reported that fifa 21 uh in the uk and um it's one of the biggest games in the uk it's very mainstream it's very mass market it's all very physical friendly product as a result of that um has just has because it was downloaded more in its first week than bought in a box now that's never happened before it's never even nearly happened before i mean it got a lot closer last year in units yeah unit sales and in the um and in the uk and it's actually more expensive digitally and in uh this year not only did it it did did digital eclipse physical uh digital was 70% 70% roughly, I, I'm doing rough maths here, of the sales. So the majority of the, you know, almost two thirds of the game, uh, two thirds of sales were downloaded. Now that is, for me, that's a moment. Now we're heading towards this direction anyway. Only as far as, I, from what I can work out, only Nintendo Switch games and Crash Bandicoot this year have been more, have been uh, bought physically more than downloaded. But that's a big moment. However, um, within about a week, we're still looking in the UK at half a million FIFA copies will have been bought in a box. We've got like hundreds of thousands of Nintendo Switch consoles were bought. Brendan talks about um, once every five years. Last month in Europe, 1.5 million accessories, video game accessories were bought across Europe. And um, these things need distribution to sell it. Now, obviously, you've got Amazon and stuff like that. But these things of Amazon and mainstream retailers that can stock this stuff is they only really push stuff that they make good money on or good profit on so if you want um like if you great thing is supermarkets as soon as supermarkets stop making decent profit and selling decent numbers of uh, video games is they just stopped pushing video games the video games now in a lot of supermarkets are down to a single slither on in on in you know in their entertainment section which is now only one aisle or half an aisle um and in and on amazon you know if you want amazon to be pushing your stuff you know front and you know actively out there then you sort of need to you need to be a good business for them, and that this all ties into the same thing. So um, there is there is we're in that situation where it's such a massive industry. The physical re- it's not as big as it's not as big as it was, and it's not as anywhere near as big as the digital industry. But for for particularly the big players, I'm t- talking most developers, but for the EAs and the Ubisofts and the Activisions and the Microsofts and the Nintendo, you lose that physical market. You're you're going to see some significant. You're gonna you're gonna impact your bottom line, so there is a need to support them. I think the problem you've got for particularly games and GameStops where they're sort of publicly owned, where the growth is coming from, I don't know. But as a business, they are actually in a very lucrative part of the industry that's making lots and lots of money. And as other retailers give up, there's a lot of profit to be made in it. But but it begs the question, though. Of course, you know Microsoft's doing this, and you know I'm I can't. I mean I agree with what you're saying, Brendan. Like 
what is the real significance of this? What does it really mean for GameStop? And that that is, you know, that's the the underlying issue here. And but you know, but we that that's kind of the the future of retail problem, which is one we've we've kind of poured over a few times, and, and it it really does only end up in one place. I think in the long in the longer term. But the the thing that I wonder is, I mean, Microsoft is doing this, and I think what you're saying, Chris, is right. Yeah, he's doing it because retail remains a valuable partner in in the near term, but. You know, Nintendo didn't do that with the Switch, and I'm assuming that we've heard nothing from Sony to suggest that it's going to do that for PS5, right? So two of the three platform holders don't see any reason to do this, and retail is still selling their products. So are we to assume that this is purely an act of generosity on Microsoft's part, Because, or has... GameStop kind of made a demand and Microsoft is the only one that's caved and we don't know about it yet. It, it does feel like it's just Microsoft. It, you know, Microsoft has been very good about doing very sort of what would appear to be sort of consumer and industry friendly gestures of late. Um, I, I, I don't see Sony following suit here is what I'm saying. I, I don't think we'll see this move from Sony. So The fact that it's buried within a larger, wider multi-year agreement between GameStop and Microsoft, which goes beyond just you know selling the Xbox to like you know deeper systems-based stuff and like other parts of the Microsoft business, I wonder if this was just a thing that kind of sweetens the deal. Like you say, we don't know how big that share is, um, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's better than zero percent. Um, it might have been. It might have been a, a thing that just kind of sweetens the deal. I wouldn't read all that much into into the way that they announced it publicly, James, because I don't think that this is something that really matters to the public in some ways um it's better if the public doesn't know this uh for 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 gamestop and and microsoft it's buried as one sentence in this longer and much much drier press release about other stuff so yeah i don't think it quite and it's kind of vaguely gestured at yeah less than less than specified there which is i i feel like that's just kind of to tell gamestop investors like oh this is a good thing for us uh, I think it's interesting the the possible dynamic that you have with, like Matt says, uh, GameStop is selling all all three consoles, but one of these consoles they are making continued money from for years after they sell it, no matter you know how the the people decide to to buy their their games or what happens with that. And I, I can definitely see Microsoft saying, "Well, that's gonna that's gonna cause the GameStop associates." to be directed sort of to, you know, any any un, undecided customers kind of point them in the direction of the Xbox. Um, and, and I don't I, see I'm not Sony, so or sure. micro, Sony or Nintendo following suit here. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Sh- well, yes, that could happen. But for me, so the, Microsoft, it's worth looking at, actually, it's worth looking at the three different platforms in different positions. Nintendo games are mostly bought physical still. Um, and that's partly because they've got a console that actually you can't install many games on it. Um, and uh, uh, the fact that Nintendo's eShop isn't particularly good and Nintendo's audience is particularly young as well. So there's quite a few things that Nintendo do that um, make it a, a physical friendly company. They're a bit more of a toy manufacturer as well. They've got a lot of licensed goods. So from their perspective, their digital business isn't 
they, they, you know, they view, you know, they're still very valuable to retail. PlayStation, actually, The Last of Us Part Two is one of the only other games that came out this year that was actually bought more physically than digitally. So there are there are these. So and PlayStation's the way the games that they launch and the way PlayStation approach stuff. PlayStation is still probably being quite retail friendly with the way they push stuff. We've had it for years where publishers and 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 platform holders have been really nervous pushing the, their digital business. You know, it was only a couple of years ago. It might even only been last year that they actually started advertising. You could buy these games from PlayStation Store. Uh, publishers. Can I, can I? I mean, yeah. So just, I could just before you move past. I mean, when you say of being like kind of more friendly towards retail in the way they push their stuff, what do you mean um, by that specifically? It's well, I, I just, I, I just, I just mean that their products are. So basically, if you look at Xbox, so Xbox is moving towards a Game Pass world. It's sure. it's created a digital only console that's deliberately much much cheaper than the competitors. I think they really want to push that. Um, they've, they, they did a digital only console last year and they did a heavy discounts on it to make it very popular. But Xbox Live's like, I mean, I don't, I've got some of the data here and I can't reveal too much, but Xbox Live, Xbox games tend to be downloaded better than PlayStation games. There's this thing where Xbox's business is moving to, di- moving to a fully digital world a lot faster than the other I two. In, in X, Xbox's ideal consumer these days feels more and more like someone who literally never buys a game physically ever again. Mm. You know, so just give, just give, just pays Xbox 15 bucks a month and like is happy with that, with so, their lot. So this, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this deal with GameStop um, is, uh, will do a few things. Not only will it allow it to a, keep the retailer happy as it pushes towards the digital thing without the retailer suddenly going, fine, we're not pushing Xbox anymore. But it also means the retailer is more happy pushing the Xbox digital business. As in, you know, right now, you know, that they will be happy. That's the thing that's been difficult. You know, we say publishers have been nervous promoting. Well, not so much now because the, the switch has happened and nobody can pretend it's not there. But um, they have been in the past nervous, heavily pushing their digital business over their physical one um, because uh, of risk of upsetting GameStop and Game. Xbox now probably, Xbox have gone past that. They're, they're through the looking grass on that. So they, they are, they are... Um, uh, and they are now just, you know, keeping the retailer on side. The retail retail is a great marketing vehicle. We just did a, annoyingly, it's a sponsored post, but there's a sponsored post in GI at the minute about uh, with Farming Simulator. They've just launched a box publishing unit um, because they want to put Farming Simulator into boxes because it's actually a cheaper form of marketing than most other forms of marketing put in terms of visibility of their product. So, um, you know, it's still a big marketing vehicle retail. <laughs> Not right now. Because I like that. We, we, we print up a whole bunch of these games in boxes and put them in Walmart. And if they don't sell, then they're just sitting there marketing our game. <laughs> well, no, he, he gave an example. And it's fair, I've heard this before. But he gave an example. People see it in the shop and they might not buy it from that shop. They might buy it from Amazon or they might download it. But they would have seen it in the shop, and that's where they, they looked at the back of the box, and that's that's a, a marketing thing for them. But you're, I mean, farming simulator is a very odd product. Um, it's, it tends to appeal to farmers more than it does to gamers. So it's um, so it's a so it's a bit more of a unique example. But it sort of it is that's the point. Retail is a marketing vehicle as well, and if you can get a load of GameStop staff pushing Game Pass, which they probably wouldn't do normally, then otherwise, then that's, yeah, that's a that's another win. One thing that's interesting here um, is if Microsoft does this for GameStop, I don't think other specialty retailers especially are going to, you know, take it well if they're not included in this. So it, it seems like this is a deal that if you if you extend it to GameStop, you you have to extend it to game. You you have to extend it to uh, to others, possibly even I mean, Walmart, Amazon, like other other larger retailers that 
that still move a whole ton of units are going to look at this and, and wonder about that kind of special treatment if it's anything significant. So Microsoft, I think they have to be prepared to, to kind of uh, share the wealth with, with a lot more than just GameStop. Yeah, well, I wonder, I mean, what, what Chris said about the, the different positions all the platform holders is actually pretty thought-provoking in that Microsoft genuinely, of all of the platform holders at the moment, Microsoft's plan for the future is of, of a greater threat to retail than anybody else. So whereas, like, I started, started this conversation feeling like it was a scrap thrown from, like, the Lord's table or whatever, which I guess you could still kind of view it in that way. But actually, it, it just makes Microsoft a bit more of a relevant partner to retail than, than it was relative to the other two because as chris says you know i would imagine that nintendo does a healthy amount of box copies still so that's to to gamespot's benefit and um gamestop's benefit and retail's benefit in general but also you know sony does make event games and i think event games are more often bought in boxes than this kind of service-based approach that microsoft is going going for where where games just aren't really bought anymore at least in the way that it wants it to be so maybe there is an element of just kind of like leveling leveling the playing field with a part of the industry that you still do need to to at least you know pay heed to on some level i i I have no doubt that PlayStation has regular contact with retail partners and does reassure them and and probably does mention, you know, the the way it makes its games and sells its games still will mean, you know, boxes moved from from their perspective, whereas Microsoft can't really give that assurance anymore. So maybe that that is a a significant part of the the motivation here. I'm, I'm skeptical as to just how different the PlayStation consumers are. Like Chris mentions that they, they still have a higher uh, physical share, but I, I look at that and my you know gut feeling, so take that for what it's worth, is it, just that they are they're trailing the transition t- trend a little bit. Nintendo, I, I, I see that Nintendo is different. Um, and particularly particularly in the way that Nintendo games tend to hold value because the company just does not, lower the prices on them almost ever, even digitally, it seems. Um, so I, I can see how that would be a little bit more resilient, a little bit more resistant to the the shift to digital trend. With Sony, I don't see anything special or inherent about their, their approach that tells me they will not go digital the way that um, everything else in the industry is. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think they will. I, I think but just what, what Chris says about, you know, their games... The, the kind of games that they make and the way they market them just it's not that they deliberately are doing it to support retail i think it just naturally lends itself to the kind of person that might go into a shop and buy a product but i agree with you brendan that that's just that's just a certain kind of consumer that might find more of the games they like on playstation trailing the overall trend i mean it's you know we, we should we should remember the fact that the one game we've talked about here in terms of the sales sales split physical digital is a third party game that's on every platform it's fifa right and that that is indicative and that's a very again box 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 buying consumer friendly game that's indicative of like the overall trend which is very broad we're very quickly now going towards digital if you look at the those sorts of splits even three years ago and they're they're not nearly they're not close to where they are now and, and that tells a much more accurate story of where the market's at than whatever 
Whatever Spider-Man sold physical versus digital. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation's a single player. They make a lot of single player games, whilst Microsoft tends to make do a lot more multiplayer games and one's a little bit more digital centric than the other. And that's always been the case. Yeah, and PlayStation's just probably not in the place yet it needs to. And it's also not pushing PlayStation now in quite the same way and things like that. So it's probably not quite in the same place where it needs to throw that bone to retail to keep them on side or or to at least make, make sure the business model makes sense. I'm um, going back to actually Brendan's point he made a couple of moments ago about retail being offering this stuff to other retailers um that's a good fit brett this is i i I used when i used to do with retail a lot it used to be a big bone of contention whenever like game got an exclusive version of a con you know there's get you know specialist retailers always got the exclusive versions of the free stuff when nintendo launched its own store in the uk the online nintendo store and if you go on there that's the best place to get uh any extra stuff if you want to buy a nintendo game all this stuff does cause tension behind the scenes it really does um even you know how you market stuff where thing logos appear on on advertising it's a very very it's not as competitive as it used to be but it's still a super competitive space but um but this stuff all comes down to negotiations right you know if if a game said look we'll go to town pushing game pass and we'll do all this that and the other in exchange for this microsoft will probably go okay but it would have to be like it's not just a we'll give you a cut as well amazon amazon will have to then also offer the same things or similar things that uh, gamestop can offer in order for it for, for xbox to to make that concession and yeah these things all be like negotiate and sometimes amazon might think you know what it's not worth it um you know we're it's games aren't the games are a big business for us but it's not our only business so we don't need to go to town on selling sending out uh, promotions for game pass but it's 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 that that does not sound like an amazon uh, amazon uh, just probably think if they they knock five quid off the price or okay. five dollars off the price that that you know that that's it that that will that will mean they'll get better market share and they and you know then then whatever xbox could offer them and but yeah it, it, this is the thing amazon yeah, amazon can amazon will throw its weight around but it might not throw its weight around in that space you know they didn't move into pre-owned properly and they've certain things they've not done but they never moved into digital games properly they had the opportunity to do it um uh, uh so i don't think they have to throw their weight around that much i think they can just say we're amazon look at how many units we move you either give us you know the the same deal that they're getting or we're we're just not going to move. We're going to deprioritize ah. your thing. We're going to focus well, on on your competitors. But, like, like but, I, I think just the sheer eight hundred pound gorilla of of a company like Amazon is is enough to to you know so, bully their so, way into no, these deals. A- a- Amazon Amazon has a business model though. It lets you sell directly through them anyway. So even if Amazon and there's other look for ages, Rockstar Grand Theft Auto, you couldn't buy Grand Theft Auto directly from Amazon on the Amazon store. Like the biggest game in the world, you can buy it from Amazon, but you could buy it from Amazon, just not from Amazon, um, because you just, you know, it was just sold either by the distributor or by other retailers through the Amazon. You know, the way Amazon does its website, it allows you to sell things. I think you think it was it PlayStation 5 was available for sale through the Amazon store, through the Sony store that's on Amazon. Um, for, for a little bit so, so it, you, you know Amazon's there's a way to work with Amazon that I mean Amazon doesn't have to do any of the work and they still get a cut of the money so it's just a different type of business that's what I mean like the, the, their priorities are different and where they make their money is a little different so for them getting a cut of digital revenue um, it might not be you know yeah, but just because not... just because third party sellers are offering it one they're not offering as many as Amazon itself would. And then it's not included in like Amazon Prime, free shipping, launch day delivery, 
things like but, that but, that are but, you know a but, lot of the reasons that people would actually choose Amazon. But, but even you can actually you can even use Amazon's logistics to distribute it. Even you know this is the I mean it's obviously they if Amazon really wanted to play hardball and say right Xbox you can't use our logistics you've got to give us this cut. But the truth is it, it, I just I'm not saying Amazon would I mean Amazon might go yeah we'd love a cut of your digital revenue and we'll push Game Pass I'm sure they would but it's just that it would it, there would need to be a negotiation and it's not like you can't buy these products through Amazon, through other people via other means um, and even use like and do free shipping and even do prime uh, their logistics system and that kind of stuff. It just, it just, I'm just saying that, um, it, you know, with the big multi, the big, the big retailers, it's not quite so important to, for them to get a cut of digital. You know, it might not, it might not be worth it. They, Amazon charge a lot of money for marketing. And if, if, if Xbox has done is basically gone to GameStop, say, Hey, if you heavily push game pass, you will get, uh, we will give you a cut of our digital revenue. Um, then, or heavily push Xbox Series S, we'll give you a cut of our digital revenue. Um, then that's a good deal for GameStop. But for Amazon, they're going, well, hang on, no, this is this would normally cost you millions in advertising. We're not, and what you're offering us here isn't isn't going to isn't good business for us. And it might just be, it's just a different conversation. That's all I meant. Like, I'm not saying Amazon wouldn't do it and couldn't throw its weight around. Yeah, Amazon, are the, the, they're the superpower. But um, it's, I, I just meant that they might not. It might not be, it might not make sense for them. It would just be different per retailer. Last story we're going to talk about this week is the confirmed Xbox Series X and Series S launch lineup. Uh, this is coming out on September 10th. There were 31 games. Uh, none of them exclusive to next gen, although there are a couple of uh, next gen like versions, ultimate editions, etc. I'm going to rattle through them. I'm not going to bother with all the brackets and stuff. That uh, uh, Brendan, there's a, a lot. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot there, but there's a lot there. But yeah. so are you going to say the names of thirty different games in a row? Probably not. I'm going to flick through. And, I'm going to flick through and do highlights then. Um, okay. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we knew, big uh, big partnership with them. Ubisoft. They've been central to uh, my, Xbox's marketing. Bright Memory 1.0. That's that. Um, Chinese developed one man uh, yeah. indie game with a lot of ray tracing. Uh, Dirt 5, Fortnite, obviously. Forza Horizon 4 is getting an update. Gears 5 is getting an update. Gears Tactics is making its Xbox debut. Uh, Grounded is getting an update. Uh, NBA 2K1 will be bringing in £70 price points, as we have discussed previously. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, for people who love that series. Sea of Thieves, so that Chris can choose it as his game of the year for the third year running. Um, <laughs> Watch Dogs Legion and uh, more of Ubisoft love there. Yakuza Like a Dragon and various others. Um, no next gen exclusives. Very few indie games. I mean, there's Yes Your Grace in there. Um, the Tourist. Yeah. There's a couple in there. Oh, Tetris Effect Connected. Sorry, I forgot that one. Any any Eurogamer team members listening will be shouting at me if I because I didn't say Tetris Effect. So Bright Memory 1.0 might be, but Bright Memory Infinite is an Xbox Series X and Xbox One cross-platform thing that's going to right. properly launch next year okay so 1.0 so some sort of um prologue then or yeah yeah okay seems like it and i i don't know if 1.0 is going to be on xbox one as well yeah i mean it's definitely uh it's definitely a thin i mean i i just seeing games like say devil may cry 5 special edition i mean that that game's like a year old i mean it, it 
there, there's a lot of stuff like that on here. Borderlands 3 is on here, you know, for example. Mm. Um, Gears 5, I mean, I know it's a Microsoft game, but even so, like that's, you know, 18 months old or something. There, there's just quite a lot of what feels like padding to me. Um, I mean, the, even like to, the, the most exciting games are the third party stuff, for sure. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion. I mean, Yakuza Like a Dragon, I guess, to an extent, though, it's, it's a bit more niche. But they're, they're, uh, they're, a lot of the big names in here are kind of old games, it, it looks like to me. Where's like FIFA and Star Wars Squadrons? And, um, well, they haven't been fully optimized for Series X, I guess. Because that, that was the, the phrasing that Microsoft used in their... Their f- full optimization uh, means like using the SSD to, to cut down on the load times significantly, yeah. higher frame rates, and then improving visual fidelity. So maybe running in 4K F- or yeah. something like there, that. There's a there's a version of FIFA coming, but I don't think. Well, I'll say I don't think EA hasn't put a date on it yet. Um, it's coming. It, it may or may not follow too far. Thing is, like. Um, it's hard to actually know at this point. Like I, I chatted to Bloober team about the medium only maybe two months ago. And even then they were very unsure of exactly what date they'd be able to, you know, at the point, the point at which the uh, publisher developer should be looking at the date it was going gold. They really just didn't seem to know exactly when they could possibly get the game done because of how disruptive this year has been. So we are in a situation where there are, there are um, there, there will be next gen versions of games coming that could potentially be on this list, but because the the, the publisher or developer in question doesn't quite know when they can be done by, they can't go on this list yet, just because they don't want to commit to you know a launch date until they're absolutely sure they can make it. So it's possibly, and and that might be part of the reason why you're seeing quite a few you know pretty old games. You know, I mean, I Borderlands Three, yeah, it's it's, it's a year old. And I, the other thing is like the, the the distance between console between the last generation and this one is so large, I do kind of forget exactly how many how many older games are made available for new platforms on day one. I really can't recall exactly the way it was with PS4. I mean, this this does seem like quite quite a few games, but there's just not a lot to get excited about, and not a lot that feels manifestly uh, new in there. Along those lines, um, I do want to say that that one game on this list that um, is excellent is King Oddball. And I know it's excellent because I played the heck out of it on my Vita where it was ported from like the iPhone from 10 years ago. So if you're looking for like a total next gen feeling experience, maybe that's not it, but it is very good. Well, I I think, I I think you've hit upon, I think the pro, I think the thing is, is not, there's not a game to thrill us here it's not like a ah this is the you know even if you look i mean launch games aren't always that great um and um you know the xbox one launch lineup wasn't amazing and neither was the you know none of those games will go down in history but you always wanted to play that big fancy exclusive that was designed to use the hardware and wait 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 the xbox one oh oh when you say xbox one you don't mean the original one that launched with halo no no there are exceptions obviously yeah there's like there's breath of the wild and there's 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 the halo thing but i mean it doesn't it's not essential my point was it's not like you need you don't need to have like a big but you always like to have a title 
that sort of is the one to get for that console to show it off, you know. And I guess that would have been Halo Infinite um, if it was still here. And I look at this list and I'm going, right, first game I'm going to play is Forza Horizon 4 again. See what see what they've done with yeah, that yeah, and yeah. see a thief. So I found right. the Xbox One launch lineup through the strategic use of Google. And uh, looking on it, like, so you had that were, that were exclusive, next-gen only, like the maybe someone's going to buy a title to that for that um okay assassin's creed 4 black flag was cross-platform but everyone wanted the new shiny edition same for battlefield 4 and call of duty ghosts but dead rising 3 forza motorsport 5 uh the return rise, rise son, son of rome, of rome. killer instinct uh what else we got a lot of ea sports titles um watchdogs was was new I believe, um, or at least it only been out a week. Peggle two, okay, not Peggle two, but yeah, there was at least a handful in there. Peggle two, oh, come on, Peggle two. Peggle's that's one of the. I have nothing against Peggle. I have nothing against Peggle at all. <laughs> well, no, but but I think but I think that that list. I mean, because I, I think you know, Rise is a really good example of a game that that isn't necessarily the the reason why you pick up a console, but it is a reason why you feel better about mm. having done so on yeah on that on that first month. You know, it's. It wasn't a brilliant game, but like it did look really cool, and it did really yeah. look like something worth getting excited about. That is it looked abs- like something that couldn't be done on the past generation of consoles. And yeah, and however, however, here- shape, yeah, and and I think that that every new console has it has a mix, right? Like it might have like some, something like Dead Rising Three, I guess, would be on its face a more appealing prospect. Rise kind of comes out of nowhere. It's from a developer whose name you know. It looks, you know visually pretty amazing it's got an interesting setting and like that that i think you kind of need that when when you buy a new console and that is absolutely batch actually in that launch lineup are there games there that are as old as say devil may cry cry 5 borderlands 3 are there there games that are like a year to 18 months old among them no it doesn't look like any of the titles were older titles there were there were updates you're like you know the latest just dance the latest zumba fitness but there was nothing old and there's certainly nothing as old as Devil May Cry 5 or uh, Borderlands 3 yeah I mean Devil May Cry 5 was released in March 2019 that's older than 18 months um, that, that's like a that's a really old game to be in a among among the crop of uh, of games to to launch with a new system I I feel like this launch lineup screams we're thin on content guys what can we do um, I mean that that's not something that's happened in the last few weeks. Obviously, you need time to get this stuff ready, but there's a lot of updates going on. There's a lot of special editions. There's these kinds of things which which suggest that all did not go according to plan. But that's yeah. obvious. I mean, you know, we we expected it. Um, so this is just confirmation of what we already. I, I oddly, for me, the game that I'm and this is really weird for me to say because I'm not a massive fan of the genre, although I do like it. Is I'm probably Dirt Five. It's probably the thing that makes me go, yeah, yeah that looks yeah. like a brand new game that's really built for new, and it will show off the new hardware um, in a way that racing games do quite well. That's why I'm surprised it's not a Forza. I really was expecting a Forza and a Halo. I'm shocked I mean, it's not a Forza. Yeah, or, at least, just, or at least a new Horizon 4 expansion. I can understand if they wanted to take an extra year on Forza 8, but you know, I'm surprised there's not like an extra expansion for, for the new Forza Horizon. Forza 7 was three years ago. It's like yeah. it's it's it, it. But I understand they're trying to do different things. Like I'm not, you know, it takes a while to make games. I'm not. It's not a criticism. It is, but it's not. It's it was a lack of, you know. There's uh, I, and this is the this is they, they, we knew this all along. There was just there was place. There's not a big. It's not a, not even big. Not even a, just an interesting exclusive game on this. There isn't one. And and you look at and you compare that to PlayStation, where there, you know, there's not. It's not an amazing lineup for PS5 either. But it's obviously 
because it's got exclusives in there, it's a it's a quite a significant step up. Well, from you what say to, that. Like, yeah. So at the time of recording, PlayStation still hasn't confirmed its launch day lineup. It's confirmed its first party ones. It's confirmed the first party, but my understanding is those are available on PlayStation 4 anyway. Like, I was really excited yeah, for Spider-Man Martin Morales, and I am definitely getting that game, but I can get it on PS4. Yeah, but, 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 it's a new game that no, you that's can true. play on PlayStation 5. Like, there aren't new games in here. That's... No, that's true. Like, there, there's new third-party games, but there's nothing new... Uh, but you know the thing is this like so the 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 game that i most want to play on here is assassin's creed valhalla i cannot give microsoft credit for having the latest assassin's creed game on its console that's unfair whereas you do chris is right you do have some sony made games that are coming out at the same time as its new console here and like and you know you it's really come to something when you can say there is nothing that gets me as, as excited as Rise Son of Rome in this game. <laughs> wow. That is harsh. <laughs> I only wish it weren't true, though, Brendan. You know? I, I want, I want, I'm, I've got an, I'm, I'm going to get an Xbox. I want there to be something that excites me that much. But actually, I'll say this. I, I played a bit of Gears Tactics on PC. It's really, really good. And I think I'd probably put more time to it now. It's on, on Xbox. Console. I am so, so tweeting your uh, Rise quote there. That's going to be glorious. <laughs> um, to, to further your example, like, you, know, like, you mentioned Assassin's Creed. Like, this, is, this is how underwhelming I personally find the lineup. Um, there was a Digital Foundry report recently about how Assassin's Creed Unity finally runs at 60 FPS. I am genuinely more tempted to dust off my copy of Unity and play that rather than Valhalla. That is how little the next-gen lineup at the moment appeals. Like The big one for me for the end of the year is I've, I, um, I'm still tempted and still divided by um, Cyberpunk um, 2077. The game just does look impressive, and I know that uh, that's high on a lot of people's most anticipated um, list. That arrives nine days after this. So, I mean, the, the titles we were talking about, they are just for day one. They're just November 10th. There are other titles but coming. It isn't, but even it's then... Not, it's not, it's, it's, but it, it's the update isn't Cyberpunk. The proper next-gen Cyberpunk's not till next year, though, right? Exactly what I was yeah. about to say, yeah. Even then, the big title that I can see a lot of people wanting to get a next-gen machine for Cyberpunk 2077 isn't fully next-gen until early 2021. Thank you for finishing my point, yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah, some, some of the... I mean, some of the publishers are getting around this with, with the whole free upgrade thing. It's... I just bought FIFA 21 today and you get the free... You get you can get... The, I can get the S for the Xbox Series XS version when it does arrive, but you just make... You make your purchase today, play on the current gen. You get that update when, when they're ready to give it. And I think that takes some emphasis away from them having to commit to, oh, this version's coming on this date. Or, or you know, take some of the heat off not having it ready in time, you know, because... Because this time, rather than buying it twice, you just you're just going to seamlessly move from one version to the next. So I think that's publishers are getting away with it a little bit more this time because there is that trend of free upgrades or low priced upgrades rather than forcing customers to choose which generation. Because if 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 the if if this year had been sort of seven years ago, this kind of the chaos of this year been been seven years ago, it would have been so much worse for Xbox um, because you've got a free path to the next gen version coming anyway you don't have to feel too worried about buying the game now on whatever hardware you've got because you're going to you're going to get the, the the better version eventually you know whenever it happens to arrive yeah but actually interestingly but I have to wonder if that benefits PlayStation because I think and I might be wrong but I think the upgrade paths are is platform dependent so if you've got um FIFA 
on Xbox. You can only get FIFA on the next Xbox, um, I think. I might, I might, be, I might be smart delivery. Um, and um, so you can't switch platform preferences, maybe. Actually, I need to check that before uh, Twitter tells us off. Um, but I, uh, I, so I have to wonder if that will that will help the current dominant market force. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely... I'm just looking now at the, the list of PS4 launch day titles. I think, actually, this list of games... I mean, and this was every game available on PS4. This list of Microsoft, the games on the Xbox Series X and S is about twice as long as what was available on PS4. So what I'm, my, the question I'm asking myself now is, and, and again, it didn't. There, there are no games on this list of PS4 um, launch day titles that are nearly as old as the oldest games on this list. So I do wonder if there was just a conscious decision on Microsoft's part, looking at the fact that, as we just pointed out, we don't really have any proper exclusives to launch our console with. What we need is bulk. What we need is volume. Let's let's bring in games that can be optimised. You know, maybe this is something that was done four or five months ago or whatever. They're aware of what's coming. Um, and, and they're just going for like a larger list of games than you ordinarily get just to disguise the fact that there really isn't any one thing or three things. Or And it's normally, there's normally like three or four proper exclusive games with the console launch. It just, it just isn't there this time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's, there's a, I'll, I was right. Um, if you if you purchase FIFA 21 for PlayStation 4, you can upgrade to PlayStation 5 version for free. And if you or, or Xbox One, you can upgrade to the Series XS version for free. So, so it is a, is is linked to that the platform. Um, but uh, sorry, um, yeah, I I think the thing is, so James mentioned the fact that Spider Man's on PlayStation 4. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, I know that uh, the internet thinks it is, but um, I, I had the situation a little while ago. Where I really want the new Spider-Man. I love that game. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, will I get a PlayStation 5 this Christmas or will I not be able to afford it or whatever? And um, I thought, well, okay, I'll get Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. I don't want it on PlayStation 4. I want it on PlayStation 5. I want it on, I want, I want the new, the fancy version. It's the same with Zelda Breath of the Wild. I didn't want it on Wii U. I wanted it on the Switch. Um, you know, it, you want it on the platform that it looks best and plays best on. Um, the fact that it's available on the last console, it makes sense because there'll be people that don't have that choice. But if, if I can somehow, if I can have that choice, I will always prefer the new machine. And I think that's true of a lot of games that cross generation. I think Xbox is going to be relying on, it's going to be relying on Game Pass. It's going to be relying on um, third party titles. Um, to push that, um, uh, push things this Christmas for them. But um, I don't think it matters because they're all going to sell out anyway. And by the time that there is stock is in free supply, we'll probably have a halo out or whatever um, to um, to to give it another uplift and keep the momentum going. Um, and of course, yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter which one sells the best because according to NPD's Matt Piscatella. Um, the Switch is going to be the biggest selling console of Christmas anyway, purely purely because there's a likely more stock of that in the channel than there is of the next-gen consoles. So what the what we really should be talking about is how good Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity looks like. Maybe next week, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of a let me be wrong, it's I, I think it looks great, you know, I'm a big Zelda fan, so I'll get it, but it's not exactly the uh, oh that's gonna sell that's gonna that's the game of Christmas, that is. Watch the uh, Watch the switch fly off the shelves as all the, as all the uh, all the Americans and the Western people like pay a, a, a Japanese uh, uh, hack and slash. Um, uh, yeah. um, no, oh uh, yeah, but switch would switch is switch is selling like 
constantly all the time. It, it, I mean, we get the hardware numbers for Europe, and it's it, it is it is doing extremely well. Um, and uh, and yeah, if it can maintain that over Christmas, if it can make up, if it can, if Nintendo can do its best, you know, marketing Animal Crossing and Mario Kart as well as um, uh, you know, probably not relying on the games coming out this Christmas, then it'll um, it will likely uh, have a uh, it will likely be the you know it'll likely have a very very strong quarter. And you know if if it's the rumours are true and there's a new Switch coming out in March, um, it's going to be quite an interesting couple of years, I think, for the console industry. On that optimistic note, that is all we've got time for. We'll be back later in the week with the next five games of episode. We've got Guha Bala from Velen Studios talking about five games from his career, uh, including Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. There's already a, a short interview that's kind of an extract from that episode up on the site, so you can have a look at that. Uh, you can get all previous episodes of this podcast on your podcasting platform of choice, including obviously previous five games of and game developers playlist episodes. And you can get news, insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. 